Hallelujah. As they, Acts chapter 13, as they uh, ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, he began to speak. It's the kind of atmosphere that he speaks in. And uh, so as we minister to the Lord and, and fast in uh, especially November, you should be expecting for the Lord to be a speaking. And uh, he does speak. He's the God that speaks. Some people get really upset when you say God speaks. God speaks. <laughs> Hallelujah. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away. I believe him. He said, it's better for you if I go away. Why? Because if I don't go away, the comforter won't come. He said, if I go, I'll send you another comforter. That means he was a comforter, but he's sending another comforter. You realize that Jesus himself could only be in, when he was on the earth, could only be in one place at one time, but by his own spirit. If you're born again this morning, he lives on the inside of you, and he wants to talk to you personally. Things that, that you've never told anyone Things that you, you've only caught just a, an, in, an inkling of, a glimpse of, or a flash of, and you, you, you pray, man, prayers are being answered this morning. Amen. Your, your cry, the cry of your heart, the things that you have uttered to God himself, I'm telling you, I'm excited because, yeah, I, I'm endeavoring just to flow with the Spirit of the Lord, but you know, like, Words spoken under the anointing of God, when those words are spoken, do you know those words are actually, they become an, uh, you touch eternity when you touch those words. Right? Like the word of God is outside of time. God is not subject to time. He is outside of time. When I was a young man, younger man, and um, not old man, he's got like, you know, if you ever had a vision, then you're kind of like, are almost afraid to have a dream because you're like, have I aged, right? <laughs> Your young man will see visions. Your old man will dream dreams. Sorry. Praise the Lord. Every year is better. Amen. Doesn't mean every year is without challenges. It just means if you, if you don't walk with God, you ought to. He wants you to. Everything that was stolen in the garden and more has been restored. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They sinned in the garden and they were separated from God. Mankind was separated for thousands of years after that. You know, like, you're not perfect, but you are, if you're born again, you are a saint. You're a God kind of being, recreated. Recreated by God himself. You're not just some person on the earth. You are a conduit that has access to the king that's higher than any other king. The Lord that's higher than any other Lord. The creator of all things lives on the inside of every believer. You're, you're not, well, 
actually the Bible says that you're peculiar. There's an old song by David Ingalls that talks about peculiar. You get more peculiar. You can look it up on YouTube. I love that song. It's pretty funny. But you get more peculiar. In other words, you're special. Oh, this is, the, this is supposed to be the last, the last message in our confession series, so let's do some confessing. Amen. How about say this? Now, before you say this, you're a peculiar nation, a royal priesthood. You've been created to offer special sacrifices to God. If you're born again this morning, how did you get born again? Who did the work? Hallelujah. Do you think God is foolish? Do you think God doesn't know the future and doesn't know what he's doing? Do you think God makes bad investments? What do you think would be the most precious thing to him? Well, he, he offered his own son for you. He didn't just offer his son to like come to lunch at your house. Well, I'll pay his wing fare to come in on the angels or something. Well, he offered him to be sacrificed, tortured, so you wouldn't have to be. So I wouldn't have to be. I think you're pretty special. I know you're pretty special. Uh, a minister wrote a chapter in a book. I mean, the whole book might be called that. I don't remember. Um, but he titled it, Believe in the God that believes in you. Believe in the God that believes in you. One of the most astounding things in God and in the scriptures it just blows my natural mind. You can only re receive it, under, begin to grasp a little bit in the spirit and that is Jesus had such confidence in his own spirit inside of you that he left so his spirit could come and he delegated his authority over the enemy. You know, he loved you for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. And now he's set at the right hand of God. And so it's astounding to the natural mind to just look and to think. God, did you kind of mess up? Because, like, uh, you left everything in the hands of humans. You're like, all authority has been given unto me. Now you go, and I'm going to heaven. Well, there's some, you know, 
particulars that we're not going to try to get into the depths of studying that this morning. But, you know, he had to go. The Holy Spirit couldn't come. But just think of the reality of it. Believe in the God that believes in you. T.L. Osborne used to say, people always want to come up to me and tell me how much they love God and how much faith they have in God. He said, that doesn't impress me at all. He said, what impresses me is how much faith God has in me. Do you know God has faith in you? He's relying on you. You're the best he could do. Now, this is where they say, like, the rubber meets the road. Right? This is where the rubber meets the road. Your thoughts right now. You're the best he could do. How, do you, how are you receiving that, I just wonder? You're thinking like, if I'm the best he could do, he's not very capable. Okay, just go ahead. Think. Let that thought just stir in there. Well, God's just not very capable. But, but wait a minute. I know he, he's God. He, he's very capable. Right, so there, there comes like a crisis of belief. Like you're in crisis mode, like, wait a second, that can't be. You realize when Jesus ascended on high, he was received by angels up in heaven, right? Angels up in heaven. It wasn't like when he ascended on high, before he ascended, he had legions of angels on the earth and said to his disciples, now I'm leaving all these angels to continue the work that I began. No, actually, Hebrews says the angels are like in awe. What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you would visit him? Do you know what that is in the original Greek? It, it, it literally says, um, you, you've made him a little lower than the angels, I think in the King James. In the Greek it says, you've made him a little lower than, anybody know what it says? Elohim. You know where else Elohim shows up? In the beginning. Elohim created the heavens and the earth, right? It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You've made man just a shade lower than yourself. Look at, look at how God loves us. Look at how he wants us close to him. Look at the price that he paid of the blood of his own son, the life of his own son, that Jesus had to be totally separated from God for a period so that we could come and never be separated from him. Never, ever again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right, where are we at? I, I guess I don't really need my notes. But I have a clock on here so I can see. You know what? Uh, no, I'm actually in Second Timothy chapter 1. I quoted Acts chapter 13, uh, I think verse like 2 through 4 or something like that. There was an Antioch, certain prophets and teachers such as Barnabas and Saul, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, with put up with Herod the Tetrarch. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, I did say that, but we're actually in Timothy. You guys, uh, have you ever been to... Uh, 
Eagle Mountain Church in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. I went there, man, 20, oh, probably 20, 25, 24, 25 years ago. That's a, a, a Kenneth Copeland's home church. His son-in-law pastors the church, and so I was there and um, went to some of their home group meetings. And you know, boy, they, they, they taught a lot of word, but it was kind of a dead church. I wish I had a pin so I could hear it drop, but the, the, the floor is squishy, so you couldn't really hear it drop. I could do it here. So, you know, I wouldn't normally say that except for uh, George Pearson has said that <laughs> out loud. So. But he said um, he was over in Europe. Uh, well, this is probably now 15 years ago, I guess, something like that. And the Lord spoke to him and said, you need to take the clock off the wall in the church. Who told you to put a clock on the wall in the church? And so to make a long story short, not only did he uh, minister to him about that, but about making room for the Spirit of God in the services, and that church completely transformed. It became a life-flowing, life-giving church. I don't really care where you think you are, if you think you're at the pinnacle or whatever. If you think that, you're probably not. Um, but we can all grow. And the Lord wants to help us all. And, and now, I mean, some of the greatest miracles taking place, and you know, great move of God and uh, wonderful things and, uh, you know, growth and uh, of uh, all aspects of their ministry. And so, man, the Lord, it might be scary when he first says something to you. You know, you're like, what? My message. That was my message. The Lord's like, that's right, that was your message. How about giving mine? <laughs> okay, praise the Lord. <laughs> Second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 6. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance to stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Now, the word is pregnant. So you can take the word and you can apply it in many parts of your life. And sometimes you get a great fear come on you of, of natural things. Well, certainly you could apply that scripture, but if you look at the context right here, one of the, the main thrusts that the Spirit of God put this in the Word for us for was actually concerning the flow and the things of God. Right. Stir up the gift of God. Don't neglect those things. You have things in you. You have gifts and callings and anointings that God himself placed there. Oh. When did he place them there? Let's skip ahead, and then maybe we'll go back if we have time. But let's skip ahead, and let's find out in verse 9, verse 9, let's find out what happened. Verse 9, well, I'll just read verse 8. But uh, be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Why? Well, because God's not given us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. You have gifts in you. You need to stir them up. 
Don't be ashamed. Don't you know what you have? Don't you know who you are? Come on. Believers don't act like that. Believers don't cower to the devil. Believers don't mope and whine and complain and feel sorry for themselves. No, a believer stands up in the power of the word with the anointing of the Holy Spirit and calls those things which be not as though they were. Declares a thing and says, this is how it's going to be. This is where we're going. They speak to the mountain and the mountain has no choice but to move because you're doing it through faith in God. Wherefore, sirs, Paul said, I but look at seeing all these circumstances, seeing we've lost all of this produce on the ship already, seeing the ship is starting to break apart, seeing everybody's full of fear and everybody's despairing of life and giving up life in the midst of this. Sirs, I'm getting my word of belief out there. I believe God. In the midst of this, in the face of this, I believe God. God's going to come through. God has said it's going to be this way, and that's the way it's going to be. I wonder often if he hadn't stood up and confessed if it would actually be that way. He, he, he took his stand on the Word of God, a messenger from the God who he serves stood by him that night. Isn't it that way? When the Lord speaks to you, she's just agreeing. Praise the Lord. You help me preach. So isn't it that way? When the Lord speaks, and you know the Lord speaks, it's actually kind of hard to not just repeat what he said. You know what he told me? You know what I saw? Acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways, and he will direct your path. What is on your mouth and your lips? The things that are on your heart. What is on your heart? What have you been exposed to? What do you open your heart to? Let's, let's guard our hearts with all diligence. Let's make sure we have a guard on our hearts. A diligent guard on our hearts. That... We, we let the things of God into our hearts and the ways of God into our hearts and faith into our hearts. But you know, like doubt and fear and unbelief, well, uh, they may be there. No condemnation now. But if you have like, you know, you're on a diet and you're like, I'm not going to eat any sugar. Well, you can have some really sweet things at the table when you're having dinner, but you don't need to let them in you. No condemnation. I'm not saying that. I actually had a piece of pie, this, two pieces of pie this week. Oh, praise the Lord. I haven't, it was pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. It's been so long since I had pumpkin pie. Praise the Lord. So I'm, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just trying to give an illustration. So you, you could have things in your... Uh, in your um, sphere, you know, you interact with. In fact, if, if you want to go where there is no sin and no mistakes and everybody's perfect, you're going to have to leave the world. <laughs> and so, you know, you can be salt and light 
and you are salt, and you are light. But my question is, are you salt and are you light? (laughs) Well, how do you get to be that? You know, when uh, Kenneth Hagin was born again, uh, about a year later, then he was healed. He had three incurable diseases, was paralyzed um, from the waist down, and portions of time he was completely paralyzed. Well, once he was uh, born again and then healed, healed, <clears throat> he, um, I don't know what happened there. Uh, he started, you know, he's like 17 years old, so he starts going with his old friends and talking with them and all that type of stuff. And his friend who he, they dubbed Lefty, you know, they're like in town and they walk uh, by this drugstore and uh, Lefty said to Kenneth Hagin, hey, you remember when we robbed that store? And he said, he had a blank look on his face. Like he didn't know what he was talking about. And so Lefty kept saying, no, come on, you remember, you're the one. Where's my, I guess my kids are all gone. You're the one that picked the lock so we could get in there. If it weren't for you, I'm sure he's loving this reminder. If it weren't for you, we couldn't have stole the candy. He said, Lefty, the man who did that is dead. And Lefty said, now, Ken, Kenneth, I know you almost died, but you didn't die. He said, no. He said, Lefty, I am a new creation in Christ. I'm a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And then he'd walk around and he would like tell his friends, stand at the steps of the front of the school and they'd talk to him and he said, you know, um, you know, I, I'd know there was a hell even if it wasn't in the Bible. Well, how'd you know? Because I've been there, right? He died, didn't go into hell, but went to the very gates of hell, the very entrance to hell, and then heard voice speak and all this type of stuff. Very supernatural experience. Praise the Lord. Can I have it? You're so sweet. I don't need it. Here you go. You want it back? I'll give it to Mom. Thank you. And so he would start preaching to him and say, I'm a new creature. And they'd say, what's a new creature? And so then he'd tell them. Well, I, I believe he was what we would call maybe unconsciously led. What's he doing? He is declaring what he believes, that it is that way. I am a new creature. I don't do those things anymore. Well, you don't have to say a new creature. If that sounds awkward to you, just put it in modern vernacular. I'm a brand new person. God changed me. I'm completely different. There's things I used to do, ways I used to worry, ways I used to act. But because of Jesus Christ, when he came into my heart, everything changed. I can conjure up some old thoughts if I want, but you know what? It's like the power of those thoughts. It's like they're void of power because a new life, Jesus' life itself, himself came into me. And I have been changed, and I am never the same. I'm a different person. Well, you know, if you make that declaration long enough and with great boldness, and you let those thoughts simmer on the inside of you, let the heat build on those thoughts, they'll start bubbling up like when water begins to boil, and they'll start bursting out. 
and you'll look at yourself six months from now and say, well, I, I know I knew the Lord, but I feel like I didn't even know who I was. I feel like I've been born again all over again. Yeah. Why? Well, you're just now beginning to live the life that has come on the inside of you that you have been created to be. The world is in disaster and disarray and confusion because they have chosen to not glorify God as God, to not acknowledge God, not be thankful. But that's not who you are. If you do the same thing, you're probably going to get a similar result. Well, the world is kind of like, I don't know if there is a God. I mean, my auntie way back, she used to, I mean, there's some things I can't explain that she had happen when she prayed. She said, I don't know if it's really true or not. I don't know. Why, why, don't, they, why, why don't they know? Because they turn away from the Lord. The world system, the whole system of the world is actually a creation of man and the devil. It is a creation of deceived man who has chosen to draw away and turn away from God and the things of God, and that's what constitutes the world system. So we love the world, the people, but we don't love the system. Well, you better learn how the system works. You're made to overcome the system, but you are not of that world. You're actually an ambassador from another realm. So you know, like, when I was a kid, I think I started telling this a minute ago, and now I came back. So when I was a, a younger man, is he a young man? Younger man. There was, my, my dad got us into, you know, with four boys, no girls, all brothers. And so my got, dad got us into the sci-fi. We'd watch Star Trek, and we'd watch, uh, of course, Star Wars and stuff like that. But then um, we watched, uh, a show came when I was a little older called Stargate. I don't know if anybody ever saw Stargate, but basically they'd have this like this metal gate thing that they made that was probably like 10 or 15 feet wide. It'd be like an upside down horseshoe and somehow they gave this thing power. And when they powered it, you could kind of like travel to another realm or another sphere or another time. So it was a portal, an access point into another world. It's a portal or an access point to another world. So verse 9 says, who has saved us and has called us with a holy calling. Listen to how he called you. Not according to our works. Can you think of some good things you've done? Can you think of some bad things you've done? Not according to any of that. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Make it real big. You know, the more you meditate on something, the bigger it seems to you. And the bigger it seems to you, the more it affects you. Oh, come magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. What happens if we just exalt the name of the Lord and magnify the Lord? How do we magnify the Lord? You know, when I was sick and I was paralyzed, I became a new creature, Kenneth Hagin said. You know the Lord healed me, raised me up. 
right? Well, what, what happened with you? Maybe it's not as outwardly spectacular, but if Jesus died for you, you and you have accepted that, you have a great testimony. And testimony is the life of your confession. And it is the life of your faith. So, what happened to you? Well, I think I said last week, Kenneth Copeland asked for a toothpick. And I gave him this very special toothpick. Not because I knew it was going to happen or had planned it. I got it from Pastor Mark's assistant, and she didn't know. She just put it in her bag that day, and she thought, I wonder why I'm putting this in my bag. So the toothpick had a toothpick on one side and a mini, mini toothbrush on the other. And so I gave it to him, and he said, he stopped, he held it up, and he said, huh, there's a toothpick on one side and a toothbrush on the other. Like all of us, you walk into a hot room, whoa, it's a hot room, right? Or you walk into a room and people are just like cursing and talking horrible. You're like, man, people in here are talking really horrible. All right, we can all do that. We can all reflect what we see, but what happens next? He said, huh, there's a toothpick on one side. I asked for a toothpick. I got a toothpick on one side and a toothbrush on the other. Now that's the prosperity of God. In such a little thing as a toothpick. What is that? Oh, come magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Look what the Lord has done. How many little things. What would happen if we acknowledged all the little things the Lord is doing in our life? I wonder, I wonder what the atmosphere in our hearts would, would be like. I wonder what the atmosphere in our automobiles would be like. I wonder what the atmosphere in our, our homes, what, what would happen to the atmosphere? What would happen? What's in the atmosphere? Do you know that you have an angel? Do you know this room this morning is full of angels? I wonder what would cause the angels to sit up and take notice. Man, it's the same way it's always been. Nothing's ever happening. Well, then the things that do happen are pretty bad things. Yeah, probably. I heard about them. They got injured and could never run again. That's probably going to happen to me. What do you think the thought of an angel would be to one who was made in the likeness and image of God and has the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and has the ability to command the sun to stand still and it stops? No, 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 shut your mouth, shut your mouth. Turn the record over. Play the other side. Put it in reverse. They're like, I don't know what these humans, I don't know what's wrong with these humans. They like every sense. God gave them the cassette tape. Half the time they're, you know, playing it in reverse. Or they're turning the record the wrong way. You know, they say like some of these records, you know, if you're from the era of records, you could play them backwards and you hear demons speaking, right? So the angels are like, why are they playing the record backwards all the time? Just turn it over and say, Jesus is Lord. I am well able to overcome it. <laughs> oh, 
who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which were given to us in Christ before. Now, I'm going to read the King James, but I want you to put up the New King James before the world began. And it, when you get time, switch it over to New King James because very rare, but the New King James is more accurate. <laughs> Well, I normally try to preach in New King James because you can grab it better, but the, all the Bible helps and everything are King James, and King James picks up the poetry, so if you can handle it, it's, it's wonderful, but sometimes you've got to read the message or something just to give you an idea to knock you off of like, what, this and thou and that, and the word needs to be life to you. If it's not life to you in the translation you read, you need to find translation that's life to you and read that translation. So, who has saved us, that's the, saved us and called us with the holy calling not according to our works, but according to, he saved you and called you according to his own purpose. God has a purpose for you. You are not here for no reason. There is a very definite divine God purpose and plan for your life. And we know his plan is not to hurt you or to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. So it's a good purpose, right? But according to his own purpose, and grace, which was given to us in Christ before what? Before time began. So I studied this, uh, not, not, not to preach this this week, but anyhow. I was studying this this week, and um, it literally means before time, outside of the realm of time. So God is outside of time. So like, it's like that Stargate portal that you could actually access another world and another realm. But, you know, what they would do and some of these things, like if they didn't close the portal quick enough, the bad stuff from the other world would like follow them back, right? <laughs> like, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. <laughs> well, the good thing about this, at this portal, portal, What's it mean in Latin? Portis? Port it means gate. Porti. Portos, porti. Kids take Latin, so. Uh, it literally means gate. Have you ever heard of heaven's gate? You ever heard of the gates of hell? So, so the good thing about this gate or this portal, boy, if that gets opened over your life and it's a gateway to heaven, what do you think might find its way over? What kind of stuff might find its way over? How could we get heaven to invade earth? How, how do you think that could happen? Well, let's, let's read just a little further. So, in, let's stay in the New King James, and I'll just read it from up there. Uh, but stay on that verse for a second. I'm going to read, read that verse, nine, verse 9. Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, thank God, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus, when? Before time began, so outside the realm of time, you have, a, you have an eternal purpose. Where, where is eternal? That's through the stargate, right? That's through the gate. That's through the portal. It's, it's, it's a God thing. Okay, next verse, 10. But now has been revealed by the appearing. How does heaven come to earth? How does eternity come into time? By the appearing of our Savior, 
Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when Jesus himself shows up in your life, eternity has come to your life and to your heart. Well, that's good news, right? Praise the Lord, I'm born again. Eternity is in my heart. Wonder what would happen if we let him live his life on the inside of us. What kind of access would we have to all that God is and all that God has and all that he's planned and to his purposes and to his grace? You're talking like an open heaven. Like heaven is open. What did Peter say? Something like, we have access to all of the things of God through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's Okay, we got to go. We got to go. But let me just try to finish it. Listen to the heart of God using the mouth and pen of Paul to write to Timothy his desires and his revelation knowledge. He said in verse 5, when I call, when I remember the unfeigned faith, in other words, there's no fakery, no falseness, nothing insincere in the faith that was in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am convinced and persuaded that same faith is in you, Timothy, Right? The Lord's saying that to you. I'm persuaded that same faith is in you, JJ. I'm persuaded that same faith is in you, Dale. I'm persuaded that same faith is in you. What's your name? Just kidding, Justin. (laughs) I'm persuaded that same kind of faith is in you. But what are you doing with it? I I have to teach you to recognize it. I have to teach you to respond to it. I have to teach you the capabilities of it. Believe in the God that believes in you. Do you know God believes in you? You know, God put all of his eggs in one basket. What was that basket? He believes in the power of the blood of Jesus. And his own love, when it comes to you, that you will accept and not reject, that you will enter into and become all that he has dreamed for you to be and planned for you to be. He had a purpose for you before time began. That is good news. Before all the, you know, time, temporary, subject to change, Things change. Well, his purpose for you is actually outside the realm of time. He has an eternal purpose for you. And he has purpose for you to live and to carry eternal things in the realm of time. It's like an, you're an agent, an ambassador from another world and another realm 
has come into time to represent God himself to every person you can. Every person that comes uh, into your orbit. So, therefore, Timothy, I'm reminding you, stir up what you have from God, the gift of God which is in you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Don't be ashamed of the testimony. Don't be ashamed. Any, anybody know scripture like that? Romans 1, 16, I think it is. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. I am not ashamed of God's gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. To them that do what? Believe. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. Let's finish with this. So how is heaven going to affect earth? At the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, what's the gospel? It's the good news of his death, his burial, his resurrection. It's the message from the battlefield of great, holy, life, universe-changing things that happened. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God. In other words, if you want eternity to show up at your doorstep or at someone else's doorstep, you bring the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and that creates a portal from time into eternity and everything, every bit of the power that raised Christ from the dead is available to that body, to that mind, to that spirit that Jesus himself shows up and brings God's anointing and God's power and God's ability and God's perspective that will think different, that will see different. Come on, there's, there's, there, is, there is coming now, and it's actually happening now, a spirit of seeing and knowing that, that my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin, was praying for in the 90s. It's actually happening right now. It's actually available, and people are getting it, and people are seeing it, and, and, and this great... This great army of believers that Smith Wigglesworth prophesied about, that Kenneth Hagin prophesied about, this is the day and this is the time. Well, you just got to get in. Get in. Hallelujah. Stand with me. You can, you can wade in the water. You can just put your toe in the water. Be like my wife in the cold water, you know. Or you could just jump in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Waters to swim in. Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise, uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's all bow our heads and pray uh, for a second. Um, Father, I'm asking you if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that doesn't know Jesus Christ, has not received him, Father, that you'll move upon their hearts right now. I thank you, Father, for your plan and your purpose that you are the reason that any of us could know that we needed you, that we needed him. Father, I pray right now that you'll give them boldness to step out and make a decision for you. Now with everybody's uh, eyes closed, if you'd like to make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to raise up your hand. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to pray for you. We're going to all pray together. And um, your life is going to be changed. Say this with me. Say, oh God, I believe that you are and that you are good.
And I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. You are my Savior. Thank you, Father God, for making me a part of your family. For bringing eternity into my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen.